here we go. Live from the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios on a Friday. It's overtime with William Pattison, Dawson Wise, joined by Jordan Moore, to, or Jordan Moore today. So happy to have him on. Uh, a loaded hour or two ahead of you. We'll talk about the NFL head coaching cycle. We'll give our grades as well and ask, what does the future hold for Mike Vrabel and Bill Belichick? We'll also dive into the NBA trade deadline heating up. Just a couple days away from February 8th, when that deadline hits, we'll dive into that as well. But first, let's hit the phones. We've got Joshy Boy on the line. What's up, Joshy? What up, guys? How are you? Good. How are you doing? Doing well, man. Good. This is a question for all three of y'all. What do you think about uh, my Todd with the hire with uh, Brian Callahan and him bringing in his dad, Bill Callahan, to coach the offensive line? What do you how do you think he'll do with the Titans? Yeah, I think that's a great hire. Uh, actually, when Callahan first got hired to be the Titans' new guy, that's something I actually brought up, uh, that, that Bill was with the, the Browns and had a lot of success for, with them for five years. And I, I'd figure he'd come over uh, and, and coach with his son, and he did. And I think that's a great hire, um, especially with how bad that Titans' offensive line has been um, over the past couple of years. Really needs a little bit of life and a rebuild. And I, th- I don't think there's a better guy than Bill Callahan to bring in. I, I loved it. Guys, what do you say? Uh, yeah, I agree. I don't mean to brag, but I think I might have been the first person oh, on okay. the show to okay. bring up oh, wow, Brian wow. Callahan <laughs> okay. uh, when we were talking about the openings. Not even for the Titans, just mm-hmm. in general. Okay, okay. I okay. think when we were mentioning like offensive guys that we wanted to, to see hired as head coaches, mm-hmm. uh, I think think I was one of the first ones to bring up Brian Callahan. So, yeah, okay. I love it too. Yeah. Home run, and uh, we'll talk about him in a little bit, but even bigger home run, I think, to bring in Bill Callahan. That's huge for Tennessee. Yeah, I think it's a really solid hire for Tennessee. Uh, they need to – you know, put some life into that offense, and he's been off a very successful offensive coordinator. Um, anyway, the first the first key for him is going to be finding a quarterback. If it's you know, if is it Levis? Is it not Levis? You know, if it's not, you need to go get one. But bringing in his dad to coach the offensive line that that's their number one problem. They got to get the offensive line fixed. So I think it's a very solid hire for the Titans going forward. In my opinion, I think you keep Levis for one more year and see if he's the guy. But with the Titans' first draft pick, I'm pretty sure. I know what they're going to do. Um, they're probably going to take Joe Alt from Notre Dame, and I really like the draft pick to solidify their left side of the offensive line. Yeah, I think I think that you have to rebuild the offensive line, and Joe Alt will be a great addition. Um, look, you've already got your offensive mind in Callahan. You've got Will Levis. Now it's time to go get some weapons around uh, a receiver and also beef up that offensive line uh, because you're not going to be able to know what you have fully with Will Levis with inferior offensive line play. I think that's got to be something they look at. Yeah. So uh, with the game tomorrow night at Rupp, what do you think about the Vols being a one-and-a-half-point favorite? Uh, yeah, I think it's pretty telling. I think, as Jordan alluded to earlier, you know Tennessee's been the better team on paper and analytics-wise all season, and I think the books uh, recognize that as well. And even though it's on the road and a very tough environment to win in, in at Kentucky, um, Tennessee's been the better team this year. They've got a closer and don't connect. Um, and I, I think I think the line's fair. I, I know it's a little surprising to some, but I think it shows the confidence and and the books and also the the confidence in Tennessee as a whole. I just I know I'm a Tennessee sheep, but I I just don't see Kentucky dropping two in a row at home though. Yeah, it, it's tough to it's tough to think yeah. that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Jordan, do you think 
tomorrow we will finally get some offensive production out out of Josiah Jordan James. <laughs> I mean, thought to be mean, but I wouldn't hold my breath on it because he's, right. he's not playing. Yeah. He's not. He's not playing in a way that would allow that to happen, uh, especially in the last month. Um, if he would attack the rim like he was earlier in the season, if he would be more aggressive and you know get to especially get to his spots in the paint then yeah it could happen but he's not even attempting the shots his 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 field goal attempts have went down his free throw attempts have went down he's not even looking he's not even being aggressive to go and try to create any offense for himself so i mean just off the trend over the last month i'm going to say no but i mean if he if he could revert back to i mean even even over the years when he has struggled in the past and we've been kind of upset with him struggling he would still go get his shots he would still attempt six, seven shots a game. He's not even attempting that. He's getting two, three shots, four shot attempts a game. Um, so I'll, I'm not going to expect it uh, based off the trend over the past month. Um, yeah. But if he wants to get out of that slump, he needs to get back to attacking the rim, get himself to the free throw line, and see a couple shots go in to get his confidence back. What I've noticed from Wednesday's night game against Florida, I rewatched it. Kentucky was just given Florida wide-open three-pointer looks, do you think we could see that Saturday night? And I think if the inside game is there, let Jonas cook. But I think if they're going to give us wide-open looks, I think we should take it as well, too. I mean, yeah, you have to. If the defense has given you the opportunity to shoot in a wide-open one, you're a college player. Um, you're good enough to yeah. be playing on that level in the SEC too. You should be able to hit an open one, as, as Jordan was talking about earlier. Look, the contested ones you can understand, but the wide open ones, uh, you can't be missing wide open shots, especially uh, against teams like the caliber of South Carolina this year, uh, like yeah. a Kentucky. They're giving you a freebie. You have to be able to respond, and um, in a game on the road, you've got to be able to hit some big shots, and you've got to hit the open ones. Yeah, guys. At the door, the other games I'm looking forward to watching tomorrow is Houston versus Kansas and uh, North Carolina versus Duke. Thanks for taking my call. Of course, man. Uh, good to hear from you, and uh, we'll, we'll uh, catch up with you on Monday. Uh, good luck with your bets this weekend. All right, let's head to the NFL now where the head coaching cycle and hiring cycle, I should say, has been complete with Thursday's news that the Washington Commanders uh, have agreed to terms to hire Dan Quinn. Uh, meaning the NFL uh, head coaching vacancies have been filled. Uh, Quinn joins Brian Callahan, Dave Canale, Jim Harbaugh, Mike McDonald, Gerard Mayo, Raheem Morris, and Antonio Pierce as the new head coaches for the 2024 season. However, teams passed on the opportunity to hire Bill Belichick and Mike Vrabel, the two highest-profile coaches on the market. What does the future hold for Vrabel and Belichick? Uh, for Vrabel, I feel like it's, it's going to be as a coordinator, uh, and I feel like he would be a pretty good get as a defensive coordinator. The job, by the way, just opened up in Dallas. Um, so, you know, if they were to go get a guy like him, a defensive mind uh, that has had success on that side of the ball, they need someone to replace Dan Quinn and keep the success of that unit going, I think he'd be a good get there. Uh, you could see one of these new head coaches pick him up as a coordinator. I wouldn't be surprised to see maybe uh, Harbaugh take a flyer on him. I'm not sure if he's hired coordinators yet, but I don't think he has. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see one of these contending teams take a flyer on him as a coordinator uh, if they're going to replace him. Now for Belichick, 
it's probably going to be retirement. Uh, I, I think he's got enough of a resume at this point to justify retiring. Uh, maybe he picks up an assistant job, not a coordinator job, but maybe just you know some kind of analyst job, some kind of special advisor job, maybe a front office role somewhere. Other than that, I just don't see him going anywhere else to be a head coach, probably into retirement for Belichick. But I think it's been well-earned. Yeah, on the Belichick thing, you know my my stance on Belichick for for a very long time is if you if you're going to hire him as your head coach, Tom Brady's not walking through that door. And without Tom Brady, Belichick has been a mediocre head football coach. He's below 500 with a record. He's only made one one I think two playoffs actually as a head coach, but below 500 record. He's not shown the ability here recently specifically to be able to draft well. I mean, the, the Patriots' no. roster is yeah. awful. Mm-hmm. Um, so I understand why he's still on the market because teams look at that. Then you look at his age, too. Yeah. Um, on the variable thing, I was, I'm was i surprised and shocked nobody decided to, to pick him up. I thought, given given the circumstances uh, with the Titans, when he had the talent, I, I feel like he maximized the talent that he had uh, with the Tennessee Titans. And here, you know, the past couple of seasons, as, as that talent was traded away or, you know, fell off, um, he even maximized it then. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm very surprised that a team – didn't take a chance to give him a head coaching job. I mean, if I was a GM personally, I would have hired him over a guy like a Raheem Morris. Yeah, I would have hired him over a guy like a Dan Quinn. Yep. Um, I'm not a big fan. Speaking of that, I mean, this is kind of you know double mouth talk with verbal thing, but I'm not a big fan of hiring retrade coaches. Uh, Dan Quinn, I'm not a big fan of you know Raheem Morris, but Vrabel has shown the ability to take decent talent and, and have it play above that mm-hmm. that level and, and if you're if you're a, a franchise like Washington or Carolina who isn't full of talent that's the type of guy that you would want to go get somebody who can can take that talent and, and elevate them to a different level mm-hmm. yeah uh, Belichick will begin with um, you know his age I think definitely plays a factor when you look at a couple of these teams that are looking to rebuild um, like the Falcons um, you know, like like the Commanders, the Chargers have a younger quarterback and Justin Herbert. They're here for the long haul, and they're trying to hire for the long haul. Um, and, and Belichick does not really fit that bill, and he also has not shown that he's a good rebuilder either. He just failed miserably in New England. Um, talking about drafting punters and kickers before you even bother taking a weapon at wide receiver. Um, and you don't take it to the sixth round last year, and he also has a gambling problem we've uh, since found out. Um, <laughs> but um, but he, he's, I mean, he struggled with Mac Jones, can never get that quarterback situation going after uh, uh, Brady left. And to me, you know, he's a great defensive mind. You always knew what you were going to get with Bill defensively, but his offense was so bad and, and so out of touch with the modern day of NFL I think a lot of teams just said, you know what, uh, let's just pass on it. He's too old, he's too big of an ego, um, and he hasn't done well with a rebuild. I'll pass. Um, with Vrabel, I'm very surprised that he uh, went unsigned. I think if Jim Harbaugh stayed in Michigan, Vrabel would have been the guy um, in, in Los Angeles. And it could have been Belichick as well. Um, but I think Vrabel's a little bit younger, um, and and it's and history has shown if you've got a good defensive coach and a really good quarterback, you can still win. I don't think Brandon Staley's a good defensive coach. Mike Vrabel is, so I think that marriage could have worked out as well. In terms of their future, um, I think Vrabel will be likely a coordinator this year and be one of the top guys in next year's, uh, I guess, uh, head coaching cycle, I should say. Um, Belichick, I mean, TV – I wouldn't really want to listen to him on TV, though. Um, no. And then 
I, I guess retirement or is I, I think he's too big of an ego to take a coordinator position and I think until he gets out of the way of himself um, then he's not going to be able to get to where he wants to be um, and, and that's back into the loop and back coaching and I, I think it's just because he's he's too big of an ego at this point um, but for Vrabel I could very well see him get another spot somewhere else I think he deserves another chance he just did not want to be there for a rebuild. I totally get it. Um, he wants to win now, and a lot of the other opportunities out there, the Commanders are not a win-now team. Uh, the Falcons have a couple pieces, but they're not a win-now team right now either. Um, I think the best opportunity for him would have been the Chargers, and, and that was taken up by Jim Harbaugh, which was a, a hell of a hire. Um, so ever since Sean McVay burst onto the scene uh, with the Los Angeles Rams in 2017, made them an overnight contender immediately. And after Kyle Shanahan, similar success with the 49ers, uh, owners have desperately sought bright offensive minds to fill coaching vacancies. I've talked about it for weeks on here, on my other platforms. Uh, Offensive-minded coaches and coordinators are the way to go and the way to win. The NFL has got a lot safer Uh, The middle of the field has opened up a lot more, a lot more flags for those uh, big-time hits. Um, And as a a product of that, you now see offense as the superior. Um, And 25 of 42 head coaching openings from 2018 to 2023 went to offensive coaches. But this year, we witnessed a little bit of a shift. Uh, Defensive coaches dominated the cycle. You have Antonio Pierce. Uh, Gerard Mayo, Raheem Morris, uh, Dan Quinn, uh, and McDonald all landed jobs, even in cases where some are drafting a quarterback, need to rebuild offensively. Uh, is the defensive hire the smart move? I don't see it. Now, if you look, the most successful coaches in the NFL are offensive minds. Shanahan, uh, Reed, Andy Reed in Kansas City, Sean McVay. That's the way the league is going, is offensive dominant. Um, and so for some of these franchises, I just you see that, you, you can acknowledge it. Oh, well, okay, well, what they're doing is working. And then you do what's not working, and that's go hire defensive coaches. Now, a few of these guys might work out. I'm not fully sold on Raheem Morris in Atlanta, but I think he could grab some assistance from McVay's staff that might help him. Uh, like McDonald in Seattle. Um, and we'll get to talking about him when we grade the hires. But it, just guys that can bring in the right staff and work. But Dan Quinn, I just don't see that working. Uh, I think Antonio Pierce could work out in, in Vegas as well, just bringing in the right, right people around him. Um, so it could still work uh, based on a team's identity, uh, who they are, like a, like a Seattle. Uh, but I, I don't see the point when the successful teams getting to the Super Bowl are coached by offensive minds. It's Reed and Shanahan, uh, and you go and hire someone that is just not on that same page. Yeah, I just, you know, I, I don't see the days growing up, Watching the NFL, I always remember the defensive dominant teams, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and you don't see those type of teams making great runs in the playoffs and winning Super Bowls anymore. No. I mean, you could you could go through the run through the '90s and you know the early 2000s and name off all those great defensive dominant teams, um, and that that was the trend. And sports in general across the landscape has shifted to it's an offensive game in almost every sport imaginable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can understand 
hiring a defensive coach if he's a young defensive coach that's probably never had a job before. But as I mentioned a few minutes ago, I'm not a big fan of the retread guys. Um, you know, I understand Dan Quinn made a Super Bowl, but that was I mean, that was one year out of mm-hmm. the five or six he was there that they trained it up and played really well. And and also Kyle Shanahan was his offensive coordinator. Another yep. other good point. Yep. And mm-hmm. you know, as a Cowboy fan, I can attest to this. When Dan Quinn faces his old guys, he is terrible. Yep. I mean, I'm, I think you guys saw the stat. You know, he's not beat any of his former offensive assistant coaches, and now he's been hired as a head coach. And guess who he's going to have to play to advance to get to a yep. Super Bowl or win a Super Bowl is more than likely some of these former offensive assistants that he's faced. Um, some To me, some guys – I've said it for, for college football coaches and some NFL coaches. Some guys are just meant to be coordinators. Mm-hmm. And and I think some guys like a, Mo, a Morris and a Quinn, are, they're just meant to be coordinators. Um, I, Me personally, if, if I was hiring a coach, I would go more towards the young, offensive-minded offensive, offensive minded coach. And even if I was going to hire a veteran coach, example, the Cowboys, they went out and got an offensive-minded veteran coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and then – you know, you hire a good defensive coordinator under you, but I'm I'm not a fan, and we'll see if this works. I mean, it seems like the NFL is trying to make a shift of okay, offense is dominating the day. Let's try to hire some defensive guys to, to yeah. kind of reel that back in a little bit. I'm just not sure that it's going to work. I, I think you you know present a nice point there, but I, I think that you know offense is is just shown over the last couple of years it's superior. I, I might as well hop on the trend as well. Yep. Uh, until it's proven otherwise. Now, obviously. There are a couple of good defensive-minded guys in the league that can make a difference, but when you look at the the Super Bowl right now, two offensive-minded coaches. You've got Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan, um, and and even AFC Championship, NFC Championship games. Uh, you've got a special teams guy in Harbaugh, but he's got Todd Munkin as offensive coordinator. That was a home run. Uh, very similar for Detroit. You know, you've got Ben Johnson on the other side, who's an excellent offensive mind. Um, and, and when you look at the playoffs this season, a majority of them, if not all of them, are all offensive-minded guys. Um, and if they're a defensive-minded guy, they've already hit a home run with their coordinator. Like a D'Amico Ryan's a defensive-minded guy that hits a home run on Bobby Slowick. Um, and I, I think that I, 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 don't, I just don't understand with these teams um, like the Commanders who are desperately in need of an offensive reboot. Uh, over the last seven seasons, they're 29th in points averaged with 19 a game. Uh, they were towards the bottom of the league this past year in points scored with 19.4, um, towards the bottom of the league this season in yards per game with thir- uh, 313. Uh, inferior offense does not win games, and that's why the Commanders are drafting second in this year's draft. Uh, the Patriots, five years of insignificant, terrible offense. That's why Bill Belichick is being moved on from. Um, so, in my opinion, if you're trying to rebuild, hiring a defensive-minded guy already puts you even further back than hiring uh, and then firing the last guy. Um, and there are a couple situations that I think are unique that work, and that's when you've got a really good quarterback play that you can kind of just lean on and you can focus defensively because of how good your, your quarterback is. Sean McDermott in Buffalo, I'm not a huge fan of him, and I'm not a huge fan of how the Bills coach, but it works out because they have Josh Allen. Um, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, they worked really well because Tom Brady was the greatest of all time. It can work, but it has to be really, really good play, and you're not getting that across the league. Um, So I do, and we'll dive into the Seahawks uh, here in a second, but I did like the Seahawks hire. Um, I I think that kind of fits their, their brand, and some teams have an identity, 
and their identity is defense, and they're going to get it done on that side. But the teams like the Commanders, they don't have an identity. Their identity is being dysfunctional. Right. And the only way you get away from that is finding functionality and finding what's working in the NFL, and, and that's not what they did. So um, I, I think there are ways to win with the defensive mind, but if you're rebuilding, it's a horrible hire in my opinion. And when we do our, do our grades, I'll have a, uh, a very tough grade for some of those teams. Um, another trend in the coaching cycle, it's clear that younger coaches do appeal to most owners and team presidents because of their ability to relate to players and because of their fresh ideas. Uh, McDonald becomes the league's youngest active coach at 36. Uh, Gerard Mayo, a former VFL, is uh, 37. Uh, Brian Callahan, 39. And Dave Canale, 42. A bunch of younger guys. Uh, what do you think the angle from these teams is to, to go younger? A few things. I think the first one is longevity. Uh, you get more guaranteed years out of a guy that's like 36, 37, 38. If he works out, he could coach for your franchise for over a decade. Uh, which we saw with Bill Belichick, who coached for the Patriots for the better part of two decades. Uh, if it works out, you get more time rather than if you hired Belichick now at 72. He, he's not coaching for 15 years. Uh, he's coaching for four, maybe. Uh, but with a guy like McDonald, if that works out in Seattle, I mean, he could coach there for the next decade, decade and a half. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's one thing. You just get more longevity. I think the modern play calling is there as well. Just more modern systems. They're more in touch with what works. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's just why you see a youth movement, just getting away from the, the older style football and getting into the modern style football. Guys coming up from the college level yeah. um, that have you know just recently come out of playing college football, playing NFL football, that know the modern system. And I think that's big mm-hmm. as well. And then the final thing, uh, I think players are more receptive to younger coaches. I think when uh, a younger coach gives them you know, a message, tries to motivate that group, I think it's easier for a younger guy to do it and get a response. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's also why a lot of teams have gone that way. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with all those points, and you know, I'll add something to that too. And this is probably kind of what you're getting at. Also, is these younger coaches in today's society with social media yeah. and everything we have are going to relate way better to problems or issues yep. that some of these players are going to have than a Pete Carroll or a Bill Belichick, who they don't have any kind of real relatable skills in today's climate with these kids and what they have to deal with in the social media world. So I think that's another reason why you're seeing a lot of these franchises go a lot younger. And a point you just made, William, that I'll touch on too, is you were talking about um, defensive coordinators, good defense coordinators becoming head coaches and how good their quarterbacks are. That would actually be something that you know would be – cool to go back and look at for maybe like the past 10 to 15 years is those successful defense coordinators how good was their quarterback was he a top four quarterback in the league because i'd be willing to bet the, the majority of those quarter the the coaches that you're talking about that are defensive guys that are success they, they probably had a top three or top four quarterback mm-hmm. in the nfl yeah yeah um you know i think the younger angle is also gives a fresh and modernized version to approach the game um, and we've seen a lot of analytics uh, be now involved in the NFL. And I think that's something that the older coaches are a little out of tune with. Uh, they don't really understand it like some of these younger minds do. Um, so I think analytics comes into it as well. And we see a lot of teams, uh, that's kind of what the, the Lions you know, lived and died on this year, was analytic plays, going for it in situational uh, football positions. And I think some of the the GMs want to move towards that. You know, let's have a little bit more analytical-based approach by hiring a younger guy that understands it more than a Belichick that's 72 or a Pete Carroll that's done it the old-school way for so long. Um, Dawson, you make a great point talking about the longevity. Um, Hey, 
we're going to hire a guy that's going to be here for multiple seasons. Um, you know, we're not trying to make a, a funeral home out of a, a head coaching job. Right. Um, so, you know, hiring guys that are 36, 37, 39, 42, uh, those are guys that, if it works out, are there for the long haul. And if you have a coach for, you know, get him at 42, you'll likely have him till he's, you know, if it, if it works out till he's in his, you know, late 50s. And, and that's a good point. Um, and that, that's something you want from your franchise, especially if yeah. you're trying to rebuild. So I think when it comes down to it, it's just a modernized look, um, more analytic based, can relate to the players better. Um, and also it's longevity, a guy that can be around for a longer time compared to some of these older guys. Can, uh, I, yeah. can I add something on the Alex thing real quick, kind of as like a sidebar here, is I would also be careful, and this is just me, you know, my opinion on it is like I know I wasn't in here, but the big the big discussion was Dan Campbell and his decision on what to do. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'll just add that I would be careful with some of these GMs of hiring a coach who is all in on the analytics. I'm a guy who would want the guy who kinda understands that hey, analytics you know, analytics was was became big in baseball because the 100, mm-hmm. 162 game season. Yeah. They are great over a hundred and sixty two game season. But I would be careful when it's a winner go home situation yeah, of relying absolutely. on those analytics. Yeah. So I would definitely, if I'm a GM, say, yeah, I understand I want a younger coach who understands that, but I would also want to know, does that coach have the feel of the game in yeah. certain situations? Because I wouldn't want a coach who, and then came a situation, would say, I'm just going off the analytics. I'm not going off my gut. Yeah. So I would look at that too when I, would, when I was hiring, be hiring uh, a younger head coach. Well, I think you know analytics are great and they work. But also, you've got to know how to perform situational football. And the Lions lived and died on analytics this season. But in the biggest moments of your season, uh, you've got to take a look at what's going on situationally in the game. Opportunity to go up three scores in the third quarter on the road, I'd probably take the points there instead of trying to get two yards and maybe get a touchdown on the drive. Take the points there. They don't, and and now they're – uh, watching, you know, the, the Super Bowl from Cancun next week, and yeah. it's just the price you pay. And I'm a I'm a big believer, and I'm a big fan too of, and this is kind of an old school thought process, and this, this bugs me when I'm watching games and coaches do this. I'm the big believer of you don't go for two until you absolutely have to go for two. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I don't understand why some of these coaches go for two so early and put themselves in a hole. Yep. I'm just a big believer. If you don't have, don't go for it until you absolutely have to go for it. Yeah. Uh, we got to hit a quick break, real quick. When we come back, we'll grade all the new hires in the NFL. Stay right here on Overtime. Attention Fan Run listeners. This is Bob Baskerville. Make sure to come check out the Fan Run Morning Show with me and John Reed, Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. on 1340 a.m., 105.7 FM, and the Fan Run app. It's your morning go-to for the latest that's happening in the world of sports on Rocky Top and around the country. So join us every morning on Fan Run Radio. Built in Tennessee and born from the love of the game, Inward Half revolutionizes golfing comfort. Crafted by a former pro and dedicated enthusiast just like you, our luxury performance wear guarantees you stay cool and comfortable through every swing and every day. We're not just a brand. We've set out to create a lifestyle for those who understand that impeccable style and premium performance are a hole-in-one. Enjoy the walk-in with Inward Half. Attention service members and veterans, introducing the Griffin Law Firm, your trusted ally in military legal matters. Whether it's fighting for your rights, navigating complex regulations, or seeking justice, at Griffin Law, your mission is their mission. 
Here's VFL Marshall Griffin. As a veteran and retired military attorney, I've successfully defended lifelong benefits and helped preserve professional futures. So I know that when you hire a military justice lawyer, you maximize your chance to get relief. With my unique experience, I can advocate for you because there's no military matter that's too big or too small. Let us help you make these critical decisions that could affect the rest of your life. Remain silent, request counsel, call Griffin Law. For a free consultation, call 888-707-4282. That's 888-707-4282. Or visit griffinlawdefense.com. Are you in need of a smile makeover? Hi, I'm Dr. Michael Costa at Knoxville Smiles. And if you're ready to improve your smile, replace teeth that are missing, make your dentures tighter, add implants to your mouth, whatever you may need, we're here to discuss a wide range of easy, pain-free cosmetic and restorative procedures that can create a glowing, radiant smile that you've always dreamed of. Don't wait any longer. The time is now. Call us today at Knoxville Smiles and schedule your appointment at 865-539-1776 or go online to KnoxvilleSmiles.com. Rogers Utility Solutions, a division of Rogers Hydrant Service is a family-run Tennessee-based business since 2015. Now serving municipalities and residences in 14 states, Rogers offers fire hydrant flow testing, distribution flushing, and maintenance programs in accordance with ISO standards. Rogers also offers hydrant repair and installation, and they have the capability of repairing hydrants under pressure. For more information on Rogers' new sewer maintenance program, complete with mapping, cleaning, and camera inspecting, visit rogershydrantservice.com. Back here on Overtime on a great Friday night here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Thank you so much for joining us. 865-546-8200, your number. If you want to hop in and join our Friday night edition of Overtime. All right, let's get back to the NFL talk here. Let's give our grades for the new hires in the NFL. We'll begin with Brian Callahan. Uh, Dawson, you first. Uh, I was hovering between B and B minus, personally. Uh, I think it's a good hire to develop Levis with what he did with Joe Burrow. I I gave him a little bit of extra uh, additional points on that. Um, And now I think I'd even push it between B and B plus now with the hiring of Bill Callahan. I think that's a, a huge boost. Um, for that team for an offensive line that desperately needed something um, and especially if they were able to draft Joe Alt in this year's draft that's going to go a long way I love this hire it helps them offensively and it uh, could help Levis develop into a star so B or B and minus for me Jordan yeah I completely agree I mean you know to me it would have been a solid B but him you know bringing in his dad to be the offensive line coach uh, and that's exactly what they need pushes this grade up to a B plus for me I think it's a very very solid hire um, they needed an offensive jolt and he's going to bring that and then they also needed to fix their offensive line and it seems like he he understood that and he's going to bring that too so it's to me it's it's definitely a solid b pushing it to a b plus with the offensive line coach hire uh b plus for me uh titans need an offensive mind you got will levis um you need him to uh you need someone to groom him into a successful quarterback callahan just did that with joe burrow um i, I like the the vision the titans have going to the offensive mind knowing they have to rebuild um now you just got to get an offensive line, get a couple of younger weapons, some some guys that will be there for a little bit while or uh, a little bit longer, I should say. 
And um, I, I love it. I love the pick, and I love bringing in Bill Callahan as well to help that offensive line. Uh, B-plus for me. Let's move to Dave Canale for the Carolina Panthers. I gave this one a B. I think it's similar to, to Callahan. Uh, you needed a, a guy that would, number one, revive your offense, and number two, help your young quarterback. And I think Carolina did both of those. Uh, we saw the revival of Baker Mayfield, who we all have our opinions of Baker Mayfield, especially on this show. <laughs> uh, but they needed someone to come in and help Bryce Young. Uh, it, it did not go well under Frank Reich last year. They needed to, to change things up. And I think this is a great hire to do it. Uh, again, a team a few pieces away from starting upward uh, towards where they want to be. Um, and if they want Bryce Young, to mold into an NFL quarterback, they had to go get somebody who has groomed NFL quarterbacks, and I think Canale is a great pick. B for me. Yeah, it's another solid hire for another for, you know, for a team hiring an offensive coach. Um, as he just said, they needed to bring somebody in that can groom Bryce Young to help Bryce Young out. I mean, he was you know uh, top draft pick for the Carolina Panthers, and uh, they needed to figure out a way to help him get his offense going to put a jolt into in, into that offense. And it's another solid hire, another solid offensive hire. So I, I would give it a, a solid B. Uh, yeah, to me, I think this is a, a B as well. Uh, Canale had a lot of success with Russell Wilson back when he was the quarterback coach there in Seattle. Russell Wilson's best season of his career was under Canale. Uh, Geno Smith had him two seasons ago where he sprouted out of nowhere after being a backup, had a career year for him, was one of the better quarterbacks in the league that year. And Baker Mayfield, the turnaround he had this season, um, Canale has shown with three different quarterbacks on three totally different levels that he can have success. And um, I, I think Bryce Young needs a guy like that. And uh, I think Canale is, is the, the right guy for that job. And, and they're very similar to the Titans. They need to re- rebuild that offensive line. It's terrible. Um, and get some younger weapons, guys that will be there for the long run. Um, I do like the pick. It's a B for me for Canale. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, Los Angeles Chargers. A plus. This is a home run. They needed a guy that would come in and win now, a guy that's done it before. Harbaugh uh, fulfills both. Uh, This makes this a playoff team immediately. We've talked at length about what Jim Harbaugh brings to the Chargers. Combine him with a franchise quarterback and Justin Herbert, who you're looking to maximize. I think Harbaugh does that um, with the mind that he brings to the organization. You've got a ton of win-now pieces already on that team. Uh, You're ready to go make a run. I think you do that with Harbaugh. You immediately make yourself a threat in the AFC. Yeah, if we can give an A plus plus plus, yeah, that's, exactly. that's yeah. what this yeah. is getting yeah. here. I mean, this this I think this is the best hire of the offseason. He, I mean, he nailed. It. They have a franchise quarterback. You have a guy who's coming in who has been great with quarterbacks. Uh, yeah, they couldn't have made a better hire here. Uh, and he's been in that area. <clears throat> excuse me, he's been in that area of the country. He has experience there. Um, I mean, they they have a lot of pieces for him to walk in and put a jolt into this franchise, put a jolt into this team. And it wouldn't shock me if they're not pushing for the playoff, a playoff spot next season with him as the head coach because he he's that good to make that quick of a turnaround for a franchise. Yeah, Jordan stole my thunder there. I was going to go with the A plus <laughs> plus route, but I'll just I'll just do an A plus. Um, Look, Los Angeles, a very um, tough environment to to win in, or not win in, I should say, very tough environment to compete with all the other teams. The Los Angeles Lakers, the Dodgers, um, so much going on in L.A. The Rams just won a Super Bowl a couple of seasons ago. The Chargers are falling down the totem pole. What do you need to do to get a get a, a little bit of juice back into that team, juice back into those fans in the city of Los Angeles? You get a home run higher in, in Jim Harbaugh. 
Um, Harbaugh has had success at the college level, has had success at the NFL level, now comes back to the NFL to try and get that Super Bowl. Um, he He's a home run hire. I, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Both of you guys hit on it. His success with the offense um, in his career, A++++ for me. Uh, Gerard Mayo, New England Patriots. C minus or D, I'm hovering right in that range. I just don't get this one um, personally. Coming off a defensive mind in Bill Belichick, you you needed to refresh the offense badly. I mean, it was you know really in the gutter the past two years. The quarterback disaster, the revolving door, whatever they got going on up there between Jones and Zappy, and just a weird situation. You needed to just completely go fresh. Uh, and go get somebody from maybe out of that coaching tree uh, that can refresh your offense. They did not do that. Uh, and I love Gerard Mayo as a person, VFL, uh, great player, but I just don't like this hire for them uh, if they wanted to change up anything on offense. I would go with the C, but I'm going to bump it up just a little bit because he is a Vol for Life, and I'm a big Fair. Gerard Mayo yeah. fan. Yeah. I love Gerard Mayo. Um, but I don't understand the hire. I, I'm, I'm with Dawson. I would have – went outside of that tree, went outside of that organization and brought some fresh minds, some fresh blood in. Somebody has a new outlook uh, on everything, and I, I didn't understand. I don't understand the hire. Once again, it's a defensive hire too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that, that's another aspect, and they need to fix that offense. I would have went with a younger offensive mind to bring a jolt into that franchise. Yeah. Uh, Gerard Mayo, the player, awesome, both at the college level and the NFL level, but this is a D-minus for me. Yeah. Um, look, Bill Belichick was there for forever. Gerard Mayo played for him, and he coached under him. All he knows at the NFL level is what Bill Belichick did. So I don't understand why you'd hire a guy that all he knows is the same thing Bill Belichick taught, and you just got his ass out of town a couple weeks ago. (laughs) Um, So it's a D-minus for me. It's a a defensive-minded guy when your offense has continued to tread water for years. Um, I, I think he's a great person. I think he uh, should be a coach somewhere in the league, but not here and not with the Patriots um, that, that have offense that is terrible. They've got a quarterback situation to figure out. They've got weapons to figure out. They've got so much to figure out, and defense was never really the problem. Um, D-minus for me. I think the only way that me and you discussed this last time I I think the only way that works is if he hits the offensive coordinator higher and they find yeah, a quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. That's and the and only a, way that works. And yeah, a lot yeah. of these guys on this list is that way too and another guy uh raheem morris to the atlanta falcons i give it a c plus i think i'm a little bit more high on this hire than than some people are and it's because i think he's going to be able to poach some assistance off of mcveigh's staff to bring him bring them from la to atlanta Uh, combine that that coaching tree and what he's been able to do in la with the pieces they have in atlanta i think it could work out again you need a quarterback Uh, i don't know who he's going to bring in as offensive coordinator to develop a quarterback Uh, i feel like they're going to draft one this year i don't think you stick with Ritter or Heineke, I don't think that's a long-term solution. Um, but if you hit on that, I think it could really work out. But, again, to see uncertainty uh, combined with his run as the interim in Atlanta after Dan Quinn's firing, he went 4-7 yeah. and seven as the interim coach. Uh, I'm just not sure. So I'm sticking right in the middle, C+. Yeah, as, as – Good about you know I gave the first two couple of guys grades these next couple all I'm gonna go to, I give it a D I'm not a big fan of the retread hires I'm not a big fan of you know some of these guys as I said earlier they're meant to be coordinators and I think Raheem, Raheem Morris is meant to be a really good defensive coordinator I just don't know if he's meant to be a head coach um, I you know I I'm so we, last segment we talked about go young. And I would have went young. I would have hired somebody that's got fresh, fresh ideas, uh, that's younger. And I'm just not a fan of the retread, retread hires here. So I'm going to give it a D. 
Yeah, uh, D-plus for me. Defensive hire, you've got an offense that is missing a quarterback and missing someone to groom it. You don't get that. Now, same instance as Mayo. If they hit the offensive coordinator, maybe this thing gets going. And not a whole lot of success as an interim coach. And I know um, the circumstances are tough already in that situation. Yeah. Um, but, I, look, I, I think, as Jordan said, a defensive-minded guy – I think he's a really good coordinator, but I don't know if he's ready to take that next step as a head coach. To me, I thought this was one of the most odd hires out of them all. I, I really didn't understand it, especially the guys they were interviewing for this job, uh, Mike Vrabel, uh, Bill Belichick, Raheem Morris is your option. Even if they went the Vrabel route, at least if you get a quarterback involved there, then you know your defense is going to be straight and you can contend for AFC or NFC championships like Vrabel was able to do with the Titans. Um, I, I don't understand the hire. This is the most confusing one of them all for me, and it's a D plus. Well, at least you know, as I said earlier, at least with the Vrabel hire, you know he can elevate yes. what's currently on that yes. roster. Right. And Raheem Morris has shown the opposite of being able to do that as a head coach. Yes. Uh, Antonio Pierce, Las Vegas Raiders. I've been high on Pierce as well. I give it a B plus. I loved the football they were playing at the end of the year. It was their best ball by far. They contended for a playoff spot at the end of the season. He got a lot out of a roster that was just floundering at the, at the beginning of the season um, and made the most of his situation. I think he earned the hire to, to get the permanent job in Vegas. Again, he's got to hit on some staff hires, I think. Um, but if he does, I think it could really work out. He, he's able to motivate that locker room. They had a couple really impressive wins at the tail end of the year, notably in Kansas City uh, at Arrow. Head, uh, it's a team that could contend. It's a team that's got pieces. Uh, get a few more, and I think they're ready still to contend a little bit. Maybe not on the same level as the Chargers, uh, but I really do like that hire. Yeah, I think it's. I would give it a C plus, and and I would straddle the line on the aspect of I think it's a good hire for the locker room. Players clearly yeah. loved him. I think as we talked about earlier, he's going to understand today's kids. He coached in college for mm -hmm. a while. So he's going to understand the environment of the locker room, what these kids need, what what's going on in their lives, etc. cetera. Um, my worry would be he's not been a coordinator in the NFL before. He yeah. was a linebacker's coach, and he went straight to being a head coach. So mm -hmm. he's he's not coordinated at you know either side of the ball in the NFL and had to do any of that. So to me, that strictly comes down to what type of staff does he hire that can help him and those aspects of the thing. But as far as managing the team, managing the roster, managing the locker room, I think it's an outstanding hire. It's just going to be who does he hire to be his assistant coaches. Yeah, I think uh, Antonio Pierce embodies what it means to be a Raider, a, a tough-nosed guy, um, very good in the locker room as well. I think the players love playing for him this year. And he had him, uh, you know, when, when McDaniels got fired, it looked like the season was over. Pierce added a lot of life to that team. They almost could have very well wound up in the playoffs if they had a couple of things go their way. Um, really, really great win on Christmas Day against the Chiefs. Um, and, and certain one win and, and, and a morale boost doesn't necessarily make you a head coach. Um, but to me, it's a, a C+. Plus. Um, I, I like the hire – or excuse me, uh, B-. minus. I'm sorry, I'm thinking of another guy. Uh, B- minus for Antonio Pierce to the Raiders. I think he embodies what it means to be a Raider. Um, he does have to hit on his coordinators. And I do I do worry if it was just a Lynn Sanity run towards the end of the season or if he's going to be able to replicate that same success next year. Uh, B- minus though because I do like him as a person and, and think he embodies what it means to be a Raider. Uh, Dan Quinn, Commanders. Uh, D. Uh, this just does nothing for, for Washington. We talked about it extensively yesterday. You needed to go get an offensive mind. This was not just a, well, we could use a refresh. No, you needed to. Your offense has been dreadful uh, the past several years at this point. We talked about, what, seven years being near the bottom of the league in offensive efficiency. 
efficiency. So you needed to go get something on offense. This doesn't move the needle. Quinn has been to the Super Bowl, yes, but I don't think he provides you very much, especially offensively. Mm-hmm. Again, if he hits on the hires, maybe this goes up a little bit. But I just, I just did not like it. I, yeah. I did not like it at all. I'm going to give this two grades on the aspect of the hiring of Dan Quinn. I'm going to give it a D minus. Once again, not a fan of the retread things. Um, Kyle Shanahan is not walking through that door to be his offensive coordinator either. No. Um, he outside of that one season in Atlanta, he was not very good as 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 a head coach. He has proven that he's a very good defensive coordinator, and unless he's facing a young minded offensive coach and he's been shown that he's vulnerable to those type of guys. And I'm also going to give it a second grade as far as Dan Quinn taking this job is a D minus because the past three off seasons he's had multiple opportunities yeah. to get a mm-hmm. better job than what the Washington yep. Commanders are yeah. and this is the one he chooses makes no sense to me kind of settling here yeah uh, it's a C for me um, I don't love it I think that uh, you know Washington has been so bad offensively for for multiple seasons you needed an offensive minded guy I think they just settled because they were the last team to pick. And um, look, I think Dan Quinn's a really good defensive coach, but you've got the number two overall pick in the draft, seventy-four million dollars upcoming in free agency. You would have liked him see. Uh, you would have liked to have seen them go offensive-minded and try to rebuild that offense. But um, I, I think Adam Peters, their new general manager, young guy, very lively. I think that this could be a good marriage, possibly. So that's why I'll give it a C. Um, finally, we'll go Mac McDonald um, for the uh, Mike McDonald. Mike McDonald, I should say, uh, Seattle Seahawks. B minus C plus for me. I like this hire a lot. We talked about this one yesterday as well. Fits that defensive guy, hard nosed guy that the mold in Seattle that they had with Pete Carroll for so long. Yeah, uh, that is their identity. Uh, again, I think he needs to hit on the, on his staff hires and probably go get a quarterback. I would think. Um, we talked again about that yesterday, uh, and his lack of experience I think drops this a little bit for me. If he had had some head coaching experience in the NFL, I probably would have made it a little bit higher. But uh, he's young; uh, he's ready to take on the NFL and fits the mold in Seattle. B minus C plus for me. Yeah, you know, William, you mentioned earlier, and he just hit on it too. There's there's some franchises out there that you can hire certain coaches because of the culture of that city, the culture of that franchise, the environment of that franchise, and I think this is one of those, definitely one of those hires. And if he can hire the right offensive coordinator to come in there, then you know you have seen here past couple of years that Geno Smith is good enough under the right tutelage to win you games and get you into the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so that to me, that's going to determine this whole thing. As far as the environment, the locker room, the city, the franchise itself, I think it's a really good hire. I'd give it a B minus and also contingent on who does he hire to put around him mm-hmm. to help him, especially with Geno Smith as the quarterback. Yeah, B minus for me. It embodies what it means or embodies the Seattle Seahawks kind of uh, – uh, mantra, defensive-oriented, um, and he had so much success with the Ravens this past year. Back-to-back really good years. Um, that Ravens defense was suffocating. It only took pa- Patrick Mahomes to make it look inferior, and I, I think that's a really uh, high standard that has been set by McDonald. So I think the Seahawks got a good guy. They've already got a lot of great defensive pieces. Now it's just trying to figure out that offense, and I think if McDonald can get an offensive coordinator that can get it done, the Seahawks will get back on track. Those are our New coaching hiring grades. We'll be right back with the NBA trade deadline heating up. Stay right here on Overtime. White Claw is taking hard seltzer to new heights with White Claw Surge. At 8% alcohol, White Claw Surge is a stronger wave of refreshment that doesn't compromise on taste. Available in four bold waves of flavor like ripe blackberry, citrusy blood orange, zesty natural lime, and tart cranberry. 
Check out your favorite retailer in-store and online for the White Claw Surge Variety 12-pack and 16-ounce single-serve cans. White Claw Surge, please drink responsibly. Is your home's exterior in need of a makeover? If so, it's time to call North Knox Siding and Windows. Transform your home's curb appeal with premium siding options. From classic to modern styles, they've got something to suit every taste. Upgrade to energy-efficient windows that'll keep your home comfortable all year round while saving you money on your energy bills. North Knox Siding and Windows, get ready to fall in love with your home all over again. Online at northknoxsidingandwindows.com. Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par? Well, if I'm being honest, that was me. Just a downright irresponsible and plain bad coach. Then, SM Athletics changed the game. I want you to picture this. I walk into their store, a coach with a vision. SM Athletics didn't just see a coach. They saw a team's potential. And they delivered custom uniforms so striking. Our team's spirit soared. From cutting edge apparel to top-notch equipment, SM Athletics transformed our presence. No more unreliable online orders or envying the other team's style. SM Athletics stands for quality, design, and on-time delivery every time. Coaches, elevate your team with SM Athletics. Call 865. 966-3434 or visit smathletics.com. Get the best for your team. Delivered right and on time. So, elevate your team's game by contacting SM Athletics today. Are you ready to elevate your driving experience? Then you need to head over to your hometown dealership, Parkside Kia, home of the lifetime warranty. Discover the latest Kia cars and SUVs where technology meets style. Our friendly staff is here to make your car buying experience a breeze. Don't wait. Visit Parkside Kia today and drive home in the Kia of your dreams. Check them out online at parksidekia.com and visit their showroom at 9929 Parkside Drive. Parkside Kia, where your journey begins. Are you tired of looking at that piece of furniture that is wore down but you don't want to get rid of it? Go see our friends at Sun Upholstery and Fabric. Locally and family owned and operated with over 67 years of combined experience. Located at 8913 Oak Ridge Highway, give them a call today at 865-237-3272 or visit them online at fabricsun.com. That's fabricsun.com and be sure to tell Stan that you heard about him right here on Fan Run Radio. Back here on Overtime, wrapping up a great week. Thank you so much for being a part of it. Let's dive into the NBA trade deadline now as it's heating up. The 2024 NBA trade deadline is February 8th at 3 p.m. Eastern. It's not the official end of the NBA's transaction window as there will be a handful of veterans who will agree to contract buyouts and sign with other teams. But the trade deadline represents the last chance for NBA teams to make a significant in-season move. Uh, This season, we've already seen some big moves done. OG Ananobi to the New York Knicks. Um, Pascal Siakam goes to Indiana. Uh, Miami Heat, your Miami Heat, Jordan, acquired Terry Rozier. And just yesterday, we saw the Grizzlies uh, do a deal with Steven Adams. Um, Who is a team that needs to make a deadline move? I have two. Um, I had the Lakers written down as well, but we're going to talk about them in a minute. Uh, I had the Phoenix Suns as number one. 
Uh, and here's why. And I'm a Suns guy. Uh, obviously, the big three are, are great in their own right. And I think they've figured it out. And Grayson Allen's been a wonderful surprise to add to the starting five. Um, but the bench is not good uh, at all, really. You, you had to go cheap on the bench when you, when you got Bradley Beal, when you got Kevin Durant. Uh, you need guys that are going to give you more off the bench for the playoffs. Uh, it's not a bench, I think, that, that lends itself to a playoff run. Um, so if your big three and Grayson Allen have to sit out, I mean, you could lose games. Um, it could ultimately end your season. So I think the Suns are one. The other one for me is the Houston Rockets, uh, a team that is contending now for a postseason spot, now <clears throat> pretty much completed this rebuild since dealing James Harden, a very good young core in Houston uh, that is ahead of schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I know they've been kind of snooping around trying to make a splash um, to get one more guy, get a star player to come in and join that young core, and I think they could be a really good postseason team if they do make that splash. I'll give you one, and it's my, my, my Miami Heat. They need to make another move. Um, you know, they have a lot of issues right now with the roster, the way they constructed that roster. As we were talking earlier uh, during one of the breaks, they went all in on Damian Luter in the summer, and then when that fell through, they had no backup plan. Um, and now they tried to patch uh, their offensive issues by trading away Kyle Lowry in a first-round pick for Terry Rozier. And, you know, if you had asked me at the time to grade that, I would have gave it probably a C- minus because mm-hmm. they have too many guys on that roster right now that are ball-dominant and need the ball in their hand and yeah. not enough guys who are, quote-unquote, role players who play, who feel and play their role to, to a T. Mm-hmm. Um, if it was me, I'm packaging hero and, you know, maybe a Caleb Martin uh, because he has an expiring contract and even a Jovic or some picks. And I'm going out and I'm trying to find two or three guys that I could bring in to be solid role players on this team and and, and come off the bench and give you help. Because, of course, you know, Bam, Butler, and Hero playing together does not work. Mm-hmm. We've seen it. The analytics bear it out. It does not work. And if you want to try to get Butler the NBA title, and by all accounts, everything I've read this week, everything I've seen this week, they're not trading Butler. Butler's not going anywhere. So by all accounts, they need to try to help him get over that hump. Then the thing you need to do is you need to get rid of Hero. A couple of reasons. One, because his contract's expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you've got Rozier, whose contract is also expensive. Um, and they don't play well together. Yeah. And if you had to pick, or, you know, choose one of the two, they're obviously going to pick Butler, so ship the other one out. Mm-hmm. And they, if they want to make a run like they have the past few years, if they want to make a run like they did last postseason, then they need to to do something with this starting five and, and put a jolt into this team and bring in some solid, really good role players um, to help this roster out because they have way too many ball-dominant guys who need the ball in their hands, and it makes the offense stick, and there's not enough moving around, there's not enough spacing, um, and they just get very, very stagnant. So if a team's going to make a trade, it needs to be my Miami Heat if they want to do anything come postseason. Yeah, I, I agree there. I, I, this is something we talked about earlier this week, yeah. you know. Um, they've done it before, finding a way into the playoffs and making a run two times out of the last four or five years. Um, but right now, offensively, just so all over the place. And injuries have, have played a role in that as well. But as you said, you know they went all in on Damian Lillard, didn't really have a backup plan. Now they're trying to figure out where they go uh, from there, and it's in January, now February. And to me, the Rozier move was a panic move. Yes, yeah, I, I, I agree there as well. Uh, my team is the Knicks right before we head out here. Um, the Knicks, I, I think that they've got their guy in Jalen Brunson. I love OG Ananobi. Obviously, um, uh, uh, Julius Randle is hurt right now. But I think if, if the Knicks were to be able to add a couple or just one nice bench piece 
off of the bench to add a little bit more uh, depth and also a guy that's been there before. Uh, Bruce Brown comes to mind. If you could find a way to deal Evan Fournier and Quinnen Grimes away and throw a couple picks in there, not just for Bruce Brown, but just a, a collection of any of those. Uh, go for Bruce Brown. Malcolm Brogdon's another guy um, playing for the, the Trailblazers. Obviously, the Trailblazers don't have a long future with Malcolm Brogdon in plans. Um, and then also, you know, a guy like uh, a, a McCall Bridges, but um, if you want to go all out, but it, it seems that um, Bridges and, and the Nets are not moving anywhere. But if the Knicks could make a big move or just a couple small moves to help get some some depth on that roster, I think this Knicks team, now with Joel Embiid, the status of him up in the air, now kind of opens up a slot in that Eastern Conference. This is the Knicks' time to, to pounce on that. So um, Bruce Brown uh, or, or a, um, um, a Malcolm Brogdon I think would be really good options for them. Too. Yeah, really good options for the Knicks. All right, guys, man, we are running out of time. We flew through this episode today. Uh, Jordan, thank you so much right. for joining Thanks us. Thanks for coming back in. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, man, we'll have you back next Friday. Dawson, have a great weekend. Thank you. Um, and you as well. Have a great weekend. Thanks so much for tuning in to Overtime. We'll see you on Monday.